When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Ariana Bravo and this is the Autosport Podcast. Baku certainly did not hold back on the entertainment today, giving us four red flags during qualifying and ending with Charles Leclerc taking pole position. It was a drama-packed qualifying session from the get-go when four minutes into Q1, Lance Stroll crashed into the wall at turn 15, bringing out red flag number one. The session continued, but only five minutes later, Turn 15 claimed its second victim, Antonio Giovinazzi. And on the restart, it was all go, and ultimately Q1 ended with Lewis Hamilton on top of the timesheets, and Nicholas Latifi, Mick Schumacher, and Nikita Mazepin eliminated. When Q2 got underway, we saw a rush of drivers in the pit lane ready to go, even seeing a couple of questionable releases that could have ended badly. And once the drivers started putting in their laps, we saw just how close the top 10 were, with just under six tenths covering them. Further down the pack, Daniel Ricciardo was struggling in comparison to his teammate, and things only got worse when Ricciardo crashed into the wall at turn three. With only one minute 30 left on the clock, this red flag brought out a premature end to Q2, and in doing so, Sebastian Vettel was deprived of making it into Q3 by under three hundredths. Pierre Gasly was sitting top of the timesheets, while his teammate Yuki Tsunoda made it through to Q3 for the first time in his F1 career. By this point, we were all raring to go for Q3, and Baku was the gift that kept giving. Valtteri Bottas headed out first, with Hamilton and Leclerc taking advantage of that toe behind, and it certainly paid off, as we saw Leclerc setting a fantastic time of 1 minute 41.218 and grabbing provisional pole. Neither Hamilton nor Verstappen could top his time, with Hamilton just over two tenths off. 
Gasly came through with an incredible lap, putting himself up in fourth fastest. And as the drivers prepped for their second runs and we approached the final seconds of the session, red flag number four came out as both Sonoda and Sainz ended in the wall. With Sonoda crashing into turn 13 and Sainz, who was just behind, hitting the wall in the runoff area. So the qualifying session was wrapped up with Leclerc taking back-to-back pole positions. Hamilton very pleased with the P2 start tomorrow, followed by Max Verstappen, who was notably irritated at the chaos of the session. Meanwhile, things did not improve for Bottas, who wound up P10. And as if that wasn't enough, Lando Norris has since been handed a three-place grid penalty for red flag infringements, meaning rather than lining up P6 tomorrow, he will start P9. There is so much to dig into today, and Alex Kalinorkas, Autosports Grand Prix editor, is joining me to chat. Alex, once again, you're at the track. How was being trackside for today's sessions? Yeah, it's excellent. I was out at um, the final real corner on the track for FP3, so not ignoring the sort of snaky bits that's basically a, a sort of bendy straight on the way back to the uh, to the to the main uh, start finish line um and it's great actually standing standing down there i hadn't i hadn't didn't know how how i'd get down there because it was quite a long way quite a long walk and i was uh, rushing a little bit late at the start of the session but fortunately there's a, a golf buggy that the uh, the media the photographers can uh, can hop on so i, I did that and it's great <laughs> because um you really saw you know just how much the drivers were struggling at the end of the lap basically the ferraris in particular look particularly awful which is rather strange thing is why they ended up on pole position uh, but just putting the power down you know on those soft yeah. tires they're just giving up by the end of the lap because the tires are so soft and the the track temperature is so high that it's it's, it's really having an issue i'm sure we'll we'll come on to discuss what that might mean for charles leclerc's chances of uh, of winning the race tomorrow but what was really good fun was by the end i'd sort of wandered around a little bit and i was standing right at the end of the exit curb at that corner and at one point lance stroll came around and got it so badly wrong sliding along the curb I, I, I really surprised it really surprised me I had to step back I was like whoa that was a bit bit odd and then just in the background Sebastian <laughs> Vettel was going off as well so it wasn't a good moment for the Aston Martin team but uh, I watched it back no driver seemed to have any particular issue they'll always be bothered by it but so uh, yeah it's just an interesting uh, interesting end to the session for me and then yeah I was back in the media center for qualifying and it was just like well what's going to happen next who, who else is going to crash you know what what is going on it's like um they just uh, just you know constantly red flag followed red flag Q1 lasted 40 minutes and it was just um, it was just really really it was a tricky session to write the report for because things just didn't happen how they normally do with the, with the second runs aborted it was sort of you know everybody ended up in specific places almost because of the way the red flags sort of fell as it were especially in the, in Q3 but um but yeah anyway a very interesting session to follow and um yeah it should set up for for a good race tomorrow I'm jealous that you are at Baku I absolutely love this track and I think that the chaos will continue into tomorrow which will make a very exciting watch for us all now Let's start with Charles Leclerc, our pole sitter. Again, taking pole position. I don't think that any of us would have expected that coming into this weekend. Even Leclerc said that he thought his lap was actually rubbish, but in more colourful language, shall we say. But actually, it's another pole position on a weekend where both he and Sainz had warned, don't expect a repeat of Monaco. But you know that's what Leclerc's actually done it's pretty impressive isn't it is, it? it is I mean he, he's quite, I think he's quite a fan of using that uh, four letter word to describe uh, various things he used it in Monaco as well after he, after he <laughs> crashed into the wall there um, but yeah a real turn up for the books really because like they'd, they'd come into the weekend insisting you know Monaco was a one-off we're not you know we, we, we were going to be okay but with the long straights and the power deficit you know don't expect any, any miracles but, but basically what Ferrari have done is massively trimmed out their, their rear downforce particularly and um, that makes them very very quick they are rapid over a single lap but I think that is gonna gonna hurt them when it comes to time management in the race tomorrow. So even though Leclerc starts from pole and he did excellently to make sure he was in the position to capitalise when this time it wasn't him that ended up in the wall, it was it was Sonoda and obviously science sort of fell off in sympathy really. Um 
you know he put himself into the position to capitalize and and he nailed it so so well done you know he made he made the most of it um speaking to him in the paddock he he you know he was basically i, I said to him you know how critical was it to get in behind hamilton because the two mercedes cars were doing two warm-up laps uh, to try and improve their chances after they'd been struggling in practice and he said well you know it was it was mostly luck but he said, i did i did know i did notice he was up ahead so i did i did try and judge it so that i would be able to pick up that toe and he didn't it, it paid off handsomely for him um, but yeah, I just I think in terms of the race tomorrow, I think he's probably going to struggle to keep definitely Verstappen behind him, maybe Hamilton as well. It's just so hard to predict what that Mercedes is is, is going to do, as I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to discuss. Yeah, it is hard to call because they've sort of caught us off guard today. And yeah, we will dig into it a bit deeper, but um, very different on either side of the garage as well. But on the other side of the Ferrari garage, as you've just touched on, things didn't end as well for Carlos Sainz. He's going to be starting P5 tomorrow. But of course, the session did end with him going into the wall. Can you just talk us through what happened there for anyone that maybe hasn't seen or heard his explanation after? Obviously, Sonoda had just crashed into turn three ahead of him. So was Sainz just taking evasive action so that he didn't then have contact too? Did he just lose focus? What what has he Look, said since? That, that's what he said over the radio. He said, you know, I just, um, I, I saw him go off and, and I, I lost the focus over his team radio. So I, I asked him about that as well in, uh, in the sort of the mix zone that, that's in the paddock um, for the media. Um he basically just said, you know, he, he saw the puff of smoke, so he knew that something had gone on up ahead. And then as he came further around the corner, he saw Snowden was in the barrier, just pre- had to press the brake pedal that bit harder because there was an incident in front of him. And it just unfortunately just unsettled the car enough to just totally swing the rear around and, uh, and knock the front wing off. He thinks the damage isn't too bad. But obviously, after what Ferrari went through in Monaco with Leclerc, I don't think anybody's going to be uh, taking any yeah. chances. But it didn't look like I mean, there was no the sheer amount of energy that went through Leclerc's car. It's no wonder it broke the drive shaft hub. Um, didn't look like that was a similar thing for science. So he should be all right to start from fifth place, fifth place. But he's just very frustrated that that's two races in a row and someone's crashed in front of him uh, because he was the, the next car to come across the Claire in Monaco. He's the next car to come across Sonoda here. So yeah, just very, very unfortunate. But, um, but you know, I... I, I, I take uh, oh, just, also just going back to Leclerc he's insisting that you know even without the red flag he could have got pole if it was Ferrari was just the, the, the steps that they'd taken yeah. um, you know he says that said that you know he doesn't feel like he stole pole position because he thinks he, he made a few mistakes the car was a bit jittery in the wind uh, oversteer snaps getting away from him he, he thinks he could have gone even faster which you know we take him at his word of course but you did just get the sense that it was Red Bull underperforming and Mercedes coming from nowhere and, and that all sort of conspired to, to assist Ferrari in, in getting pole position so um, yeah yeah. fifth for science as well i think you know that's 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 pretty good still i don't think that's a, a bad qualifying i can just understand why he's frustrated yeah. to have had q3 ending in the exactly same circumstances as they did last time but this is a track where there are places that where there are places to overtake so we'll see what happens tomorrow but i do think we now need to turn our attention to mercedes because yesterday they were not looking good and it's clear that the team were hard at work all evening and probably all night trying to figure out what the issue was and Lewis has now wound up P2, which is a massive improvement, obviously. And he was very impressed by the sounds of it when we heard him on the radio. What has happened here? Because Lewis has made massive strides to get P2. But then on the other side of the garage, Bottas is 10th, which is hugely disappointing. 
Um, can we dig into that a little bit deeper in terms of what has happened with the Mercedes and why we're seeing that difference between the two drivers? It's just a bit very unfortunate for, for Valtteri Bottas, really. I think, um, you know, Toto Wolff's come out and said, you know, the team didn't sacrifice him in any way by, by making him give Hamilton a toe on that, on that first run. It's just unfortunate <laughs> the way it worked out. You know, Mercedes has struggled throughout the season with this tyre warm-up problem and it was a particular, they, they weren't 100% sure that's what was going on in practice, but it just looked that way with the way things sort of got better for them as, as they did their race runs because obviously the tyres warm up, warmed up better. Um, so yeah, so basically they, they enacted this uh, amazing simulator programme. I mean, all the teams do that. Obviously, you know, they run these these concurrent programmes back at their base to, to aid the race team and their work at the track. And, and Mercedes did that. And they were, you know, it's the sort of team that you just cannot write off. You, you know, you, you take them at their word. I don't think they were bluffing yesterday, they, but they obviously, you know, dig down, did, did their homework, worked things out and they, they, were, they were a factor again. But I still, I still think that Red Bull was a step ahead. I think um, I, you know you do wonder did how much that FP3 crash um, for Verstappen affected him because he sort of didn't didn't seem look you know look on song mm. sort of thing. Um, so yeah, still very 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 good performance from Mercedes and 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 don't write them off. And yeah, just just the difference in the two drivers. I think first, well, first of all we know Hamilton sort of historically does have the edge. Um, Monaco I think was a bit of an aberration in terms of it was him really struggling with the tyres as opposed to Bottas. So that's probably you know what the difference comes down to. And also just unfortunate for Bottas with what played out at the end of Q three meant he meant he couldn't improve and, and actually it was the the alpha Tauri's running sort of offset to everybody that kind of messed everything up because that meant that he was eighth Bottas and then the yeah. alpha Tauri's ran and he got he got pushed down but then they were going for another run in sort of the mix of everybody else and there was all that, all that chaos and Sonoda goes off and Bottas doesn't get his chance to to come back with a toe because he was running behind Leclerc you know he deliberately gone really really slowly to make the Ferrari get ahead so yeah a missed opportunity for him but not necessarily one that was totally his fault I'd say. Now Lewis and Valtteri were also using different rear wings today Lewis was using a low downforce one I believe whereas Bottas had stuck with the higher downforce one do you think that's contributed at all to the difference in performance and is there a reason they've used different wings or is it just a preference from the drivers I'll be honest I haven't I haven't heard anything on that from my point of view I, I wasn't in the Mercedes calls uh, with Toto Wolff at the after qualifying but um, in terms of what the, the two things um, what they'll what they'll bring uh, it's a bit like the Ferrari situation if, if the, the lower downforce wing will, will aid over a single lap and probably be a bit of a hindrance in the race tomorrow but if there's any driver that can overcome that as we've seen historically over the years that's what he's brilliant at Lewis Hamilton when it comes to managing these tyres um, it, it, it will be him so um, yeah it's paid off for him you know, they, they have done this in the past you know at Portugal I'm pretty sure they were running in two different wing specifications and it, and it paid off uh, for Hamilton there so you know it's not uncommon for Mercedes to do this let's put it that way now, whilst Lewis was clearly very pleased with his result, Max was very irritated in the post-qualifying interviews, describing it as a stupid qualifying. But of course, he wound up P3, which is not awful in the grand scheme of things, but they definitely, the Red Bulls definitely had more potential from what we'd seen over the weekend and the red flags and the interruptions to the session just affected Max's ability and Perez's to show the full potential of the car. And Max, I guess, maybe feels just a bit annoyed right that it got he got cut off and wasn't able to do that final absolutely run. absolutely i mean it's the it's the exact same situation as in monaco he should be a little bit annoyed at himself for not nailing it when he had the chance as leclerc did mm. but also yeah it's, it's it's very very frustrating you know to have that taken away through through no fault of your own and there is you know you get the sense there's a growing sort of 
growing chorus of people asking for this rule that exists in in IndyCar, where you know if there is a red flag, times get deleted, and you know you can't that 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 shouldn't influence results. It's a bit li- bit of a slippery slope, that sort of thing. You know, would Leclerc deserve to lose pole because another driver crashed? That sort of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a can of worms, but I can understand why the drivers are frustrated, of course. Um, but yeah, with with Verstappen and with with Red Bull, definitely, I think like I said, missed opportunity for them. They definitely have the the far superior pace, but it was just a bit of an odd day overall. That that FP three crash. I'll, I'll be honest. I was, I was actually at the bottom of the hill from where it occurred, but he went in at sort of such a weird speed. It wasn't like a high speed accident that I sort of, it was only when the red flags lit up on the, the, on the, on the marker board that I realised there'd been an incident and you couldn't really tell what had gone on. But watching it back, you know, he's on the hard tyres, not really pushing and just goes off and sort of, and that is the sort of thing that can cost you momentum and cost you, you know, good progress building towards that crucial moment in qualifying. But um, what I would say for Verstappen is that I can totally understand why he's furious, but this isn't Monaco. You know, last time he needed Leclerc not to start to guarantee himself effectively pole position and, and ease his way to victory there. But the cars can overtake in in Baku, and, and I, I still think he, I still think he's the favourite yeah. for victory tomorrow, even starting third. Now Sergio Perez, similar sort of situation. He also was annoyed. He feels that he also was unable to put in his best lap because he missed out as well. But he also had been showing good pace this weekend in the Red Bull. But tomorrow, I mean, well, he qualified seventh, but of course he'll be starting sixth because of Lando's penalty. But once again, just missing out there on the full potential of the car. A bit like Verstappen, I think, you know, he's probably kicking himself a little bit for things going awry. And I think he just made a little bit, a bit of a mistake as he was following the McLaren on his first run. He was also running ahead of ahead of Verstappen, so giving his teammate a toe. So again, that's another reason why Verstappen should probably take a little bit of blame for what happened for, for Red Bull. But yeah, just, just such a shame for Perez because I think, you know, I think he's deserved the criticism that's come his way for not performing in qualifying so far, considering where we know that car can be with what Verstappen has been able to do. But he really looked like he was on the level this weekend and in with the, and in with the chance for pole yeah. and again he's, he's had that opportunity taken away from him as well at the end of Q3 so yeah it's, it's a sort of it's a weird weird situation for, for, for those drivers but um, but yeah again yeah just a bit I can totally understand why Perez is uh, is pissed off with the, with the situation and, and we've uh, you know he, he finally but mainly because he's finally coming good that, that's what it feels like I mean if, hopefully that transfers for him hopefully that transfers over to Paul Ricard into the races coming up because you know it could really make the title fight Really interesting if there's two Red Bull drivers, you know, operating at the same level, it's going to make things even harder for Mercedes to, to overcome their, their lead. Yeah, it's like Perez finally feels like he's getting to grips with the car and he's able to really work with it. And now it's other factors that are being thrown at him and disrupting things. But I mean, we saw today the importance of getting a good banker lap in as soon as he can because so much disruption throughout. And Gasly. Well, he did not hold back today. He matched his best ever qualifying result and he was looking strong in FP3 already. And then by the time it came to qualifying, he continued that. And once again, just showing us how talented he is. Where did he find that performance today? Well, he's he again. He benefits from the toe that Sonoda gave him uh, running ahead. Mm-hmm. That, that that can't be denied. It is such a crucial factor here. But you know, he's just he's just really performing. He's, he's really really on song. The Honda engine is is doing is doing particularly nicely, um, especially around here. And I just think you know that it's just the sort of perfect combination. He's just carrying that form through. He likes the way the team operates. It's just it's just gelling really really nicely uh, for for Pierre Gasly. And yeah, fourth place. What a fantastic result. You know, again, it, there's a little element of luck. As there is 
is for, for everybody's finishing positions because of what happened uh, with his teammate who you know you've got to say is a, is a funny one with Sonoda because you know he's brilliant in Bahrain and it's been terrible ever since and then he gets through to Q3 in really tricky circumstances does excellently well and then he crashes right at the end uh, you know you can't blame him too much for sort of what went wrong there but you know uh, it's just a little bit of a shame that it sort of took the edge off what was a, a very excellent performance uh, from Sonoda other than that but again Gasly Alpha Tauri really strong really encouraging and um, be interesting to see how they get on in the race with that with that Honda powered slippery car it uh, could be uh, an interesting factor yeah it's looking like it's going to be a good weekend for the Alpha Tauri car and definitely a mixed bag for Sonoda I mean like you said it was going so well but did just end in the wall literally so shame for him but hopefully tomorrow he's able to come back with some good points and that will round off the weekend anyway Let's move on to McLaren. Now, as we've said, Lando Norris has been given a three-place grid penalty now for red flag infringements. Can you talk us through why exactly he has been handed this penalty? I've seen that he's come out and said he thinks it's maybe a bit harsh, a bit unfair. Can you talk us through what actually led to it? Yes, I I don't actually know which of the Q1 red flags it was, but basically as he was coming uh, along Mm. the pit straight, the the red flag was caused either for the stroll crash or the Giovinazzi crash. And and basically the the board lights up red and once you pass that, you have to come to the pits as early as possible. And he did have a moment where he could have done, he sort of drifted towards going in the pits and asked the team, well, what's going on? And then up not going in but by the letter of the law he is he is guilty of an, of an offense there and i don't think the stewards really had any any different choice there's, i'm sure there's precedents that, that that could explain that because you know they they there there is there is punishments that sort of fit the crime which is probably that's probably a strong word he can probably he can probably you know, i don't think he's guilty of anything particularly <laughs> outrageous it's just it, it's an offense and it, it has to be meted out that way because otherwise you know the, it's a, it, when it comes to red flags that's 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 the ultimate warning isn't it it's like right so you have to stop now because something really serious has happened so that's why they're so heavily policed um yeah un- unfortunate for norris again driving driving excellently driving really really nicely so strong in the first sector you know what from the off he looked really really good uh, in qualifying and um and yeah just 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 a bit unfortunate really um and daniel ricardo as well you know he, he looked like he was really making progress after monaco that had been so disappointing pointing and, and definitely definitely stronger this weekend obviously you know he's a past winner at this race yeah it looked like it was all coming together and that crash just 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 getting it wrong just just carrying too much speed in locks locks the wheel straight to the accident same as Sonoda it's just you know the driver's pushing really really hard unfortunate because yeah but that they, they, it's very unfortunate but they know they they have to do these things to make the difference because it's a bit like it's a bit like Leclerc in terms of the street tracks he does crash a lot but he also gets amazing results because that's the fine edge that the drivers are, are trying to find so you can you can understand why these things happen yeah absolutely it's them really trying to find the limit and of course sometimes it just goes a little bit over the limit and ends badly but of course Ricardo's accident brought out the red flag which cut Q2 short. So we saw Fernando Alonso making it into the top 10. Ultimately, he qualified P9 and Esteban Ocon missed out on Q3 and he will be starting P12 tomorrow. But Alpine and Alonso have definitely made a step forward, um, haven't they? I mean, I'm sure he wasn't expecting to out-qualify a Mercedes today, which is what has strangely happened and he'll be lining up ahead of Bottas tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he's 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 fortunate in in a way that the way Q three worked out, he gets that. But then you could equally say he was probably a bit fortunate with the way Q two worked out because there was a lot of time left on the clock there, ninety seconds. Uh, when Ricardo goes off, I know Vettel was absolutely furious, wasn't he, listening to that team radio to miss oh, out by yeah. such a small amount? Um, you know, it's, it's just it's just the way it goes in that tight midfield battle. One one team, one driver, one person's got to miss out, and unfortunately, it was Vettel this time. But uh, yeah, good for Alonso. It's a bit it's a bit like in in Bahrain, sort of a similar. There are some similar 
similar characteristics in that power is very important here. You know, it's good to got to have a car that's quick in a straight line, but also, you know, now those sort of tricky corners, corner types that the two circuits do kind of share. I mean, there's a lot more high speed in, in Bahrain and, and not a lot here, but this is getting the sort of technical bits right that obviously Alonso is very, very good at. So, um, so yeah, a, a great result for him. He went there a bit like, again, coming back to it, a little bit of luck involved. Yeah, definitely luck involved. And we're really seeing how how much just the, well, I mean, today there were multiple accidents, but accidents are really just shuffling things up and really determining places in qualifying because things are just so tight. Um, but Sebastian Vettel, as we just said, missed out on Q3, painfully close. I think everyone felt that a little bit when he came over the radio and was told just how close he was. And it wasn't really an ideal day for Aston Martin because, of course, Lance Stroll will be lining up P19 tomorrow after the crash at the beginning of the session. He's going to be starting ahead of Antonio Giovinazzi, who also crashed in Q1. And I'm quite gutted for Giovinazzi, actually, because he was having a pretty strong weekend. So this is quite a big knock, isn't it? I tell you who's particularly gutted. Uh, it's me, because I wrote a column for Autosport.com Plus <laughs> and for Autosport Magazine praising what a good job he'd done this year. And then he goes and does that. So I mean, you jinxed it. I know. It's all my fault. All my fault. Absolutely. The, the commentator's curse. So that's you know, really, really only applies to TV. But anyway, um, yeah, again, very unfortunate. You you see, you saw it happen with Leclerc and Verstappen in practice in exactly the same way. But it's just with both Stroll and Giovinazzi, they did it when it really matters and that's that's a real that's a real you know they they especially stroll they're so experienced by this point you know you can't they you know nobody else went in the wall at that point you know by by come qualifying even though everyone was sort of throwing it down the escape road in practice so uh, yes uh, poor from both of them but um you know Giovinazzi I I don't think um you know obviously starting last is going to be difficult but always keep an eye on him especially on the first lap he always goes forwards he always makes some sort of massively bold yeah. overtake he was going around the outside of Ocon and Mirabeau last time out in Monaco and um, so yeah it, it, I, the weekend's far from over for both of them obviously because you can overtake in Baku so um, yeah it'd be interesting to to see what they can do coming through the the slower cars ahead of them yeah definitely Meanwhile, Kimi Raikkonen will be lining up P14 tomorrow. Behind him will be George Russell. Now, the Williams team did a brilliant job to replace his engine after a water pump leak and get him out for Q1. And once again, Russell made it through to Q2. Nicholas Latifi will be starting just behind him, followed by the Hasses of Schumacher and Mazepin, who actually both did a pretty good job of avoiding any accidents in qualifying considering this was a day where there was no shortage of incidents they've got a lot of practice coming from monaco where you've got to jump out of the way every five seconds um especially in the race with the blue flags and it's, it's always just a little bit more difficult with the street tracks but especially when as i know we keep coming back to it but like the toe being so important that's why the cars were backing off and spacing themselves in particular order while also trying to bring their tires up to temperature and not overheat them and things like that so a lot going on for the rookies to deal with which again i think just highlights what a good job sonoda did we know how good that car is because he's shown how high up it can get on the grid to do it just to make sure we've got through Q3 at his first time because uh, Formula 2 obviously didn't race here last year and he was that was his only year in the championship mm-hmm. so uh, so yeah really really good job for for, for Sonoda and then uh, yeah, just on Russell again keeps that streak alive um, don't think he, he could have got any higher particularly even with the red flag in, in Q2 um, but yeah a, a very excellent job for Williams unfortunate they had to change back to that uh, previously used power unit but you know added the pressure that makes life very very difficult having to change things with not a lot of time uh, between FP3 and qualifying so very well done to that team and um, yeah congratulations again to, to Russell for keeping his Q3 streak alive definitely and of course Williams team were helped actually by those red flags which gave him a little bit more time to pull things together now looking ahead Ahead to tomorrow, I personally love Baku and the drama that it brings. It's a track that's often chaotic, overtaking is possible, strategy can play a role. 
What are you expecting from tomorrow? I want a few predictions from you. You've said that Max is definitely still in the mix for victory, but what else are you going to predict? Uh, a safety car. I don't think that's a wild prediction, to be honest, oh. given that everything that we saw today. Yeah, too easy. At the very least, a safety car. No, knowing knowing, uh, knowing the, sort of the, the latest trend, you know, there has been quite a few red flags recently, so potentially that could happen. Um, but with, uh, yeah, in terms of the racing, it'd still, still be a one-stopper, even though the tyres are, are pretty soft here. You know, they, it's the, the, the low grip, uh, sorry, the low uh, abrasive surface in the, on the street tracks does mean that the tyres will hang on. Um, but yeah, it, it, should be, it should be pretty action-packed because, you know, you've got a slow car on pole in sort of terms of um, uh, Leclerc, particularly when it came to the long runs in practice, like very, very good over one lap, but I don't think he's going to be able to hold on to it, unfortunately for him, because he's, he's been brilliant so far. Um, so yes, you should, you should see some overtaking throughout the field. Um, probably if you had a big accident or two, um, Baku generally uh, generally does that. There's always some sort of, someone has some horrible heartbreak, uh, Bottas in 2018 with that puncture yeah. and things like that. Um, but it's it very interesting to see how they get on with the with the really high uh, uh, track temperatures. I think um, Pirelli are basically saying it would still be a one stopper, but softs to the hards because you know no one would dare risk the medium. So maybe maybe someone will gamble. Maybe a team splitting their strategies. For example, Red Bull might just decide they need to try something to get Perez up the order or whatever. But you know. I think they've got such a big pace advantage it should come through. But Mercedes is probably the big unknown because they have definitely improved since practice. But yeah, it's just hard to tell how much uh, and uh, and what, what they can do. As I said, Lewis Hamilton, very, very good when it comes to his tyres. But um, will we get yet another wheel-to-wheel fight between him and Verstappen? I think we probably will. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. So am I, especially as, like you said, crashes often happen at this track. And everyone has been saying it's only a matter of time until those two make contact. Um, but let's let's see whether it's tomorrow. The unexpectedness of this track is an absolute treat and I am counting down to the race already. But that is all we have time for. Alex, thank you very much for joining me once again. And while we wait for tomorrow's race, why not head over to Autosport Plus right now where you can read a range of brilliant articles, including a fab piece written by Alex Kalinorkas on why George Russell is ready to fight for F1 titles. Roddy Basso has penned an article on why F1 shouldn't be too rigid on flexi wings, and Matt Q has discussed how Extreme E's Senegal round hints at the series' true potential. New subscribers who sign up today can use the promo code PODCAST during checkout to save 50% off their first payment. Head over to autosport.com forward slash plus, click sign in at the top of the page, and then use promo code PODCAST and grab yourself that 50% off. We'll be back tomorrow with our post-race review. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.